0: As true crime lovers, especially Southern crime, y'all know that just because the police can't solve a murder doesn't mean other people won't find someone to blame. In the newest upcoming season of Witnessed, Devil in the Ditch, journalist Larison Campbell returns to her Mississippi hometown to reexamine one of its most notorious unsolved cold cases, the murder of her grandmother, Presh. She was killed on Friday the 13th in her parlor the likely murder weapon, a brass candlestick. From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, Witnessed, Devil in the Ditch is available now. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts to binge all episodes now or listen weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Now, sit tight, I'm about to play you an excerpt from episode one where Kimball starts back at the scene of her grandmother's murder. Here we go.
1: The last time I saw Prash with my eyes, I was giving her a hug in her driveway. My great aunt's experience was very different. She was at the crime scene. Do you remember the last time you saw her? The day she was killed. In fact, she found her sister's body. She and Prash were close, especially in terms of geography. They lived on the same street, just a couple of blocks apart. They spoke on the phone daily and saw each other almost as often. That day they had plans. They were going to see this beauty parlor operator. A hairdresser at the salon whose husband had just died. My great aunt says she had been expecting Presh to pick her up around 3.30 that afternoon. So earlier that morning, she gets some errands done. She runs down to Daddles, a dress shop, to pick up a blouse. Then swings by the grocery store next to it. It all takes about 45 minutes. When she gets home, she makes a few calls, then eats lunch with her son who lives with her. When she's done eating, she calls Presh, who doesn't answer, which my aunt thought was odd enough that she tried Presh and some of Presh's friends several more times over the next three hours, trying to track her down. And what y'all do in between lunch and sitting on the couch around three? I got ready for her to come get me and, I waited and waited for her to pick me up, and she didn't come and didn't come. She doesn't show. And I said, I think I'm going to go over to the house and see what's holding her up. So Precious' sister says she tells her son to wait at the house in case Precious happens to arrive while she's gone to check on her. So I went over there, and she was lying on the floor with a rag over her face. She finds Precious' face is covered with a dish towel. For a minute, Precious' sister says she's confused. Is she doing some type of workout? Big on exercise, you know, as you, if you were able to call it that. And I said, "What in life are
2: you doing on the floor?" And I took the cloth off of her face, and she was dead. I was so stunned you can imagine. And I called
1: the ambulance service and I said my sister
2: has been killed and she is on the floor come immediately. I know it was in the evening time and we were about to get off and it was a Friday.
1: Ricky Spratlin, now retired from the Greenville Police Department, then Lieutenant Chief of Detectives, and one of the first officers on the scene.
2: It was really stormy outside. It was was terrible.
1: Precious House sat on two corner lots, right in the center of Greenville. Her driveway also ran the length of the property, making it more or less a shortcut between the neighborhood and a busy four-lane street. We could sit at the kitchen table and watch cars cut through all the time. A thicket of Eliagnos and hydrangeas made it easy to forget how centrally located you were. But from the outside... It was probably the most visible and accessible home in Greenville.
2: they have been to direct me out to the back of the house, uh, show me what they first found. And I noticed that there was a, a lawn chair with a newspaper and a coffee cup just laying there. Okay, so then they took me into the sunroom, uh, which nothing was locked. And uh, that's when I saw her. Uh, she was laying uh, on the floor. She, she suffered a blunt force trauma right, right on the front forehead area. The hole it left was bad enough that officers first thought
1: she'd been shot. They began to examine her surroundings. Most of her house appeared in order. A few feet behind her body was the breakfast room, where she displayed a lot of her silver and china. That room was totally undisturbed. The only sign of disarray was her purse. It was open on the table above her, its contents spilling onto a wooden chair below. Coins, an address book, an empty bank envelope. Investigators began to look for a murder weapon
2: right away. Well, he looked everywhere, uh, trying to find what the weapon would have been, but she had a lot of stuff in that house.
1: Presh wasn't much of a housekeeper, and she loved antiques. Every surface was covered with something glass or brass or silver.
2: I knew she had had a lot of candle holders and things around. And, and I, you know, I looked at one. And I said, you know, it it could have been used. And we went ahead and collected it and sent it off.
1: Friends and neighbors had started gathering in the street outside Precious' house. And my family began making their way to Greenville.
2: Well, my first reaction when I heard about Precious' murder was that your daddy would never be okay.
1: My mom. She and my dad were living two hours away in Jackson when Precious was killed.
2: Pretty much a blur. My dad again. I can remember your mother saying, you loved her so much. So, um, I, I at that point, I think we both decided we needed to pack a suitcase because we were going to be there for several days. I remember pulling up there, and there were lots of cars. And I got out, and somebody grabbed me
1: and told him Prush's sister was over at one of the neighbor's houses. She wasn't doing well.
2: She's pretty much a basket case. She was, she was kind of shaking. It was, she looked the most nervous I've ever seen her look. She had just found Prush dead. I mean, it flashes in your brain. I mean, there you are. And you keep seeing the body. You know, whereas we just have, we just miss her. We don't have that grisly, horrifying Image stuck in our brains.
1: And the way her body was left was a big
2: clue for detectives. She was placed where she wouldn't look so bad. Her feet were together, and there was a dish rag over her face. That tells me right there, whoever did it knew her and couldn't stand us there looking like that. That's that's some of the training I've had. If you see something like that that's going to be your first
0: clue to, to keep in your notes and your mind. From Sony music, entertainment and Campside media, subscribe to witnessed devil in the ditch on Apple podcasts to binge all episodes or listen weekly, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club.